one of the most important lessons that I learned from my guru at a very early stage of what I refer to as the spiritual journey. And I do want to emphasize the fact that mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice do not require anyone to be on any sort of spiritual journey. That is just really something that people decide to do uh, or make that choice to do that, and it is certainly not a requirement of any kind. And when you really get right down to it, no matter what you call this journey, we're all on this journey regardless of what we call it. So I feel almost silly referring to it as a spiritual journey, but it's just something that, that we tend to say sometimes. But the most important lesson that I learned very early on, and it used to confuse me, and it used to lead to me thinking a lot about it to try to wrap my head around it, and that was the lesson that it's okay even if it's not okay. And when you listen to that and you hear that on the surface, it seems paradoxical, and it is, but yet at the same time, it, it even though there is a paradox there, once we get to a place where we don't necessarily have to think about this rationally, but we actually start to internalize this more from an intuitive standpoint, it really starts to make sense. And so the question remains, what does this have to do with mindfulness practice and or mindful coping practice? And that's really what I want to talk about today, because it really truly is one of the most important deeper lessons that I've learned on this journey and that continues to inform me every moment of my life as long as I choose to remember it and not overlook it. So the question is, how can things, if things are not okay, so to speak, how can they be okay? This really gets to, it really cuts to the core of what mindfulness practice is all about. And when I say that, what I am basically referring to is that in life, there are so many different things that can happen, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm minimizing anything. There are situations where we are in pain, there are legitimate emergencies, and I'm not trying to deny that when things are not okay, that they're somehow okay. I'm not really trying to do that. I'm not trying to convince anyone. That's not the idea here. What this really is about is something much deeper. And that really gets to the point where there's no, there's really nothing that we can do. There's really no way to avoid the inherent suffering that we as human beings sometimes experience in life. And no matter how hard we try, no matter what magic wand we try to, to get a hold of to make it different, there are times when things are legitimately not okay in our lives. And, and it's really the not okay, and I guess the okay for that matter, are both really, they both exist along a spectrum. There are times when things are not okay, and it's just that, you know, maybe we're not as happy as we'd like to be, or that things aren't going the way that we had hoped or that we had wished for. People are not necessarily doing what we expect them to do. 
or people say things to us that we wish that they wouldn't or our plans for the future somehow are just not coming together the way in the way that we had hoped life is more complicated than we really wish it would be things are tougher than we had ever envisioned them being i could go on and on like this and i feel like i've probably gone on long enough but it ranges you know not things not being okay can really basically go from one extreme to the other and the idea here is that the question could be, well, if things are really, really not okay, what do I do then? If things are just kind of not okay, you know, what, what do I do differently? And my response to that, and I have had numerous people ask me about this who I've taught over the years, and there really is nothing different that we do. Whether things are really, really not okay or whether things are just kind of not okay. It really all gets down to, and I think sometimes by taking a look at things differently and really seeing this and appreciating the fact that in the end, no matter how bad things get, the question would be, you know, what is the best thing I can be doing for myself? And clearly, if there is something that's really, really wrong, you know, there are, you know, in each different situation, there are a set of responses that would be the most appropriate or the most effective. And that's not up to me to determine that because I can only know that for myself and I can't even be prepared for any contingencies. I can't be prepared for everything that could possibly go wrong in my life. So at some point, I get to a place where I need to be able to just trust. I, I don't have a handbook. I don't have a cheat sheet, so to speak. I don't have this handy reference manual to determine what's the best outcome. And I also have to be open to the fact, and this there again, this is just me for myself. I'm not basic, I'm not stating that this is what other people need to or have to do. But answering the question of what do, you know, what do we really do? when things are not okay and that can be you know no you know to different extremes in terms of mindfulness practice that's what i really do want to do there at some point i had to make a decision that i really wanted to trust and have some faith and there again trust and faith take different shapes and forms depending on what culture a person comes from what sort of uh, background they come from uh how they were raised and also it's really just a matter of personal choice you know those things may not have anything to do with a person's choice at all but I think everyone kind of finds their own way in terms of how they have faith and if they trust and there again some people may choose to do neither of these things and that's okay too it's not it's not up to me to determine or anyone else to determine that for someone else but I know for me, in terms of coping, I've had to find a way to be able to have faith and to be able to trust in my own ability to be empowered enough to deal with things when they're difficult and when I'm feeling, you know, when I'm feeling things that don't feel good and when I really am struggling to try to keep everything together as much as I can. So I've been able to find that for myself, and I think each of us, you know, has the ability to do that if we choose to or if we want to. And with mindfulness practice, it really does make a difference in terms of me being able to, to actually practice mindfulness while I'm on my feet in the moment while life is really happening. 
And in order to be able to do that, I have to have some sort of stable foundation in which to be able to pay attention to my own mind when things are not okay. And just trying to convince myself that they're okay. And I, and I tried that for years, and I found that did not really work. You know, when things are not okay, trying to convince myself, the more I tried to convince myself that they were okay when they're not or weren't, it just was really hollow and empty because I was really denying the way things really were. If things are not okay, they're not okay. And at some point, my focus shifted from no longer being worked up or upset or disappointed or traumatized by the fact that things were not okay. And it wasn't because I was trying to be okay, more okay with it. I just kind of accidentally backed into this not knowing that this was really going to be a an outcome of maintaining a consistent mindfulness practice over the course of over two decades. At some point, I just woke up one day and realized, hey, wait a second. He's been saying this to me for so many years now that it's okay even if it's not okay. I felt like even though I did not understand it rationally, that intuitively it was really making sense to me. And then all of a sudden, at some point, I did have that aha moment of, you know what, if things aren't okay, I may not be able to change it. If I can, that's great. And I think, obviously, if there's action that we can take to make something okay that's not, why would we not do that? But at the same time, the things that are really challenging, the same time, what is so challenging are those times when there's really nothing I seem to be able to do or can think of doing to make it okay when it's not. And really what I've found is that if that's the case, I have several choices I can make. I can either really be upset about the fact that it's not okay. I can begin to feel sorry for myself. I can begin to lament the fact that it's not okay. And, you know, why is it that it's not okay? Is this some sort of punishment that I'm receiving? There's all kinds of different things I can do. I could go on all day about that too. But there's really, I think everyone gets the point. But what I do want to do, whether I can make it okay or not, and before I take any sort of action, I want to become aware. That is the most important thing. And And it is easier said than done. Because when things really are not okay in some way and to some degree, it can be very, very tough to be able to ignore all of the things that are happening in our minds in terms of the reactions to things not being okay. I can be so busy being the person that's having things not be okay that I'm so caught up in that, in my thoughts about it, in my reactions to it, that there's no way I'm going to be able to have any headspace or any mental bandwidth to just stop that process and not really stop it. I don't want to say that I can stop it, but that I'm going to decide to pay attention to something else. And what I'm going to pay attention to is what's going on in my mind. And that is going to be the sole focus. And when things are not good, or things are not okay, or things are not great, that can be a little difficult, as I've mentioned. And the more difficult, the more, you know, the more that things are not okay, the tougher that it is I have found to be able to just set that aside and just pay attention to my mind. And if my mind is really racing 
with a lot of thoughts and reactions and I'm kind of locked in a loop of, you know, habitual, repetitive thought. And it really isn't getting me anywhere. It's kind of like when you see a wheel kind of skidding in place. It's just, it's not really getting any traction. That is really what the mind can tend to do. It's just, it's just basically the wheels are turning and nothing meaningful or beneficial or life-affirming is really happening. It's just my mind is just kind of in neutral, so to speak, you know, as far as the transmission or the gears, and it's just I've got the accelerator all the way to the floor. I'm not really, nothing's changing. And if anything, I'm just going to, and this is metaphorically speaking, I'm going to at some point burn out the motor. And in this case, that is really what happens with our minds. When we get to a point where we're so much on overload, where we have just run ourselves crazy, overthinking things, at some point we just give out. And I'm and, and there again, it happens differently with each person. But I've been there many, many times, or what I kind of refer to as an emotional meltdown. So I don't want to do that. If I'm really and no, and really am going to make a concerted effort to just be aware of what my mind is doing and what it is, and looking at the thoughts that I'm having from the sort of the what I call the witness vantage point. I'm not I'm no longer wanting to believe these thoughts. I'm no longer wanting to buy into them. I'm no longer wanting to perpetuate these thoughts. I just want to pay attention to them and see them as kind of passing phenomenon. And if I can do that, I'm in a much better position to be okay even if things aren't okay. If I can, and if my mind is racing and I really cannot seem to slow things down, there are numerous meditative practices uh, that are well beyond the scope of what I'm talking about today. But any any sort of book or Google search, you know, will yield a uh, a, a huge number of different types of meditative practices to pay from paying attention to our breath to walking meditation. There's a lot of different things, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal type of meditation. It could just be some activity that allows us to get into more of a flow state where we're actually just more in the moment and we're less in our heads. And I think with a little bit of experimenting and investigation, people can certainly find a practice or or, or different practices that really help for that. So what I really want to do is just pay attention. And at that point, it really is okay that things aren't okay because if there's nothing that I can do to change it, and if it's not a true emergency, sometimes I realize action is called for. You know, we don't have time to sit back and just and pay attention to what our minds are doing. So that it becomes one of the most important questions if things are not okay, the first question I want to ask myself, as silly as it may seem, is, is this really an emergency? And I, and I realize it's, you know, sometimes we just know we don't have to do that. Sometimes it really is. And if it is, then I really do want to still try to calm my mind as much as I can and be as rational as I possibly can. And I may not have the luxury of having a lot of time to think things through, but I want to give myself every chance I have and every benefit that I can in order to be able to make the best decision I can about what act, what best action I should take. But if I ask myself that question and it's not a true emergency, then that gives me the ability to kind of back up, so to speak, and realize, okay, things are not necessarily going the way that I had hoped 
or that I expected they would. This isn't turning out the way I had hoped, but it's not an emergency. It's actually, you know, and, and, and there again, it's not that this is some sort of script of what we're supposed to say to ourselves, but it's just more or less the way I'm talking to myself in the moment. And if I have determined that while I may not like it, and I may even hate it, I may, you know, literally be having a hard time coming to terms with whatever it is that's happening or not happening that's making things not okay, that whether I like it or not, this is what's happening right now. And if there really is... If there really is nothing that I can do constructively to change it, then it is time at that point for me to begin to start just looking at my thoughts and looking at how I'm reacting to things not being okay. And it can be breathtaking sometimes if we can get just a little bit of headspace, a little bit of distance between all of these thoughts and our identifications with them as the thinker we can actually, if, even if we have just a little bit of daylight, just a little bit of room to be able to look at this more as someone who's watching a movie, for instance, or watching something unfold or a story unfolding in some way, and to stop identifying so much as that person that's believing all of these thoughts. And there again, I don't want to try to will myself not to believe what I'm thinking I'm not suggesting that anyone begin to actively doubt everything that they're thinking. It's really not necessary. All that it really takes is being willing to look at the thoughts and not be so invested in believing them. And just because I'm having thoughts about the way that I feel or the the emotions that I'm experiencing, if I can just be open to the fact that those thoughts may, may very well not be true, And I've heard a teacher before with the saying would remind people of this by saying that feelings, or I guess it would be more along the lines of thoughts. You know, he would say feelings aren't facts, but I take that even one step further to say that thoughts are not about thoughts about feelings are not facts as well. And if I can just be open to the possibility that what I am thinking may not really be the case. That may, and whether it's true or not, or whether, and there again, I realize it would be very easy to get caught up in, you know, being, and I, and I, there again, because we think these thoughts, there can be an attachment to needing somehow to prove to ourselves or to other people that our thoughts are right or that they're true. And in this case, that really actually runs counter to what the idea here is or the emphasis is. This isn't really about trying to validate any of those thoughts at all. If anything, it's more along the lines of just seeing them for what they are and practicing not believing everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling in any given moment. And if I can make this more simple by not getting into a debate with myself about whether these things I'm thinking are true or not, and especially if I am, you know, or trying to prove to someone else because all I'm really doing then is I'm just trying to perpetuate thoughts about feelings that really don't make me feel better at all and I don't know if everyone's experienced that feeling when you're in a very heated argument with someone and you know that you are it's making you miserable and that you're feeling awful as a result of expending all this emotional energy trying to convince someone that you're right and that what you're th- what you're thinking 
is the truth. And all the while, you're feeling yourself beginning to feel worse and worse and worse. And even if you are quote unquote right about what you're what you're trying to say, you still are running into the situation where the, the pain that you're causing yourself, you really have to ask yourself if it's worth it or not. And I've done that many, many times when I've been so focused on needing to be right and trying to convince myself that my thoughts about what's happening are right. All that really, at some point, it's not that I throw it out the window or that I give up on it or try not to do it. It's just really a matter of what I pay attention to, what I pay attention to, and what I choose to do. And I think in this case, what I'm really choosing to do is just to pay attention to what it is that I'm thinking. And to begin to, once I can do that for a period of time, what I find is that I'm no longer reacting so much to things very possibly not being okay. And instead, what I'm doing is building a stable foundation for myself to cope with the fact that, you know, things may not be as okay as I want them to be, but I still can take care of my responsibilities. I can still be out in the world and still be around people. And it makes it much easier because I can really take things much lighter than I would if I'm so hung up on feeling like things are not okay or they're okay or needing to make things different than they really are. If I can just find that it's not a matter of trying, it's just a matter of letting myself do this do this practice. And I'm not trying to be different. All I, I'm not really trying to do anything other than engaging in this practice. And that what I find is that over time, even if things aren't going the way that we had hoped and the outcome is not what we had expected or hoped for or wished for, things are actually more okay than we realize. We can begin to find some things that even in the midst of things maybe not being okay, that there are some things that are actually okay within that. And so what happens is it gets to a point where I found there's not as many absolutes. I can no longer just say as a blanket statement, things are not okay. Because in fact, maybe things in a certain way are not okay. But then within that, there are a lot of things that are going on right immediately around me that are okay. And it's just a matter of what I, it really comes down to what it is that we pay attention to. If I pay attention to everything that's wrong and things not being okay and continue to immerse myself in nothing but thoughts about how it's not okay and it's never going to be okay and you know how am I going to possibly make it if it never is okay to just accepting the fact hey it you know things are not okay and if I have determined that there's really nothing I can do to change it then I really just want to try to pay attention to the one thing that possibly can lead to me suffering less even if things are not okay and that's my thoughts and that's my reactions to what's going on and so by putting that focus on that instead what I find is that it really changes the character and the feel and the flavor of what things not being okay really means it doesn't mean that I'm going to be on some endless happiness and bliss trip it doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to go into denial sometimes things aren't going to be okay and 
paying attention to my thoughts and doing the work on myself to be able to cope more effectively may not always lead to a blissful ending or outcome. Things still may be not the way I want them to be, but at least I am taking some sort of proactive step to try to be able to cope with it more effectively and to be there for other people, to be of service to other people and not to withdraw from the world or from other people especially when things do not feel okay. It's almost in a way, these practices over time can provide us the ability to actually, if things are not okay, they can be less not okay. And there again, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, to paint any sort of overly rosy picture, but I am saying, though, that in terms of if, if one of the things that makes life more difficult than anything other than suffering from tremendous physical pain is suffering mental pain and psychic pain. And if there is such a practice that can allow me to live, even though life isn't exactly always the way I want it to be, if I can be less in pain, I definitely want to pay attention to that and I want to engage in that practice. And I know after years of doing this, after decades of doing this, that mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice are two of the numerous practices that can be engaged in to be able to lessen the needless suffering that I can choose for myself. It's really as simple as that.